order at 6.31 p.m. Please say here when I say your name. Vice Chair Joy. Here. Commissioner Gabby. I think she's absent. Um, Commissioner MJ. She's absent. Commissioner Michelle. Here. Commissioner Jonathan. Here. Commissioner Melantha. Here. And Commissioner Chloe. Here. All right. Uh, Park and Community Service Director Lynn. Human Services Manager Jen. Here. Human Services Coordinator Annie. Here. Youth Service Coordinator Reggie. Here. And Human Services Coordinator Amanda. Here. Okay. Next, uh, we have land acknowledgement. So tonight, uh, Michelle will be reading the land acknowledgement. Are you able to post it for me? I don't have it handy. Is that difficult? Or is it in the uh, packet? Is it in the packet? Give me one second and I can pull it up for you. Okay, thank you. I don't know where I should be accessing it. Is that big enough for you, Michelle? Can you see it? Yes, it is. Thank you. We acknowledge that the Southern Salish Sea region lies on the unceded and ancestral land of the Coast Salish peoples, the Duwamish, Muckleshoot, Puyallup, Skykomish, Snoqualmie, Snohomish, Suquamish, and Tulalip tribes, and other tribes of the Puget Sound Salish people, and that present-day city of Kirkland is in the traditional heartland of the lake people and the river people. We honor with gratitude the land itself, the first people who have reserved treaty rights and continue to live here since time immemorial and their ancestral heritage. Thank you so much, Michelle. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, who would like to read the next land acknowledgement in our February meeting? I guess I'll go because uh, I don't think I've done it in a while or it doesn't seem like it. So put me down. I wonder if we might invite one of our new Commissioners, <clears throat> if, they feel comfortable. if they feel comfortable. Yeah. If you feel, I feel comfortable. All right. Awesome. Great. All right. So next, uh, we have approval of minutes. So we have one from December 13th. So if there are no further discussions, then I would love to entertain a motion to approve. So moved. Thank you, Jonathan, do I hear a second? Second. All right, any further discussions? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Any abstentions? That would be the new two commissioners. <laughs> you can say abstain. Abstain. Perfect. Um, okay, motion carries. All right, um, next we have items from the audience. Reggie, are there any guests for tonight? No, there are none. All right, I think January is still a little too early for them. All right, moving on. Okay, so tonight we are, obviously everyone knows that we uh, have the honor of welcoming our two newest member uh, commissioners to the group. So please uh, everyone welcome Melinda Jenkins and Chloe So. Um, Sal, um, so apologies for mispronouncing your names. You got it right the first time. 
Oh, so, okay, thank you. We are going to now separate into two breakout rooms for 20 minutes each so that we have an opportunity to get to know one another halfway through. Um, Melantha and Chloe will switch groups and uh, each person should talk about, you know, five to seven, seven minutes depending on the size of the breakout and some prompts to guide your introductions uh, for you both and the rest of the commissioners. Um, how long have you been a Kirkland resident? Why did you join the commissioner and city role? How long you've been on this role? And how do you spend your time outside of this role? And, and for commissioners, like highlighting what things you're looking for forward to this year, and then anything else you want to share. So we'll come back as a group in about 40 minutes. And Jen, thank you, Jen, has posted these questions or prompts uh, in the group chat. So. All right. We are going to do a bit of a pivot because breakouts were not enabled. <laughs> so we're just going to do it as one large group. Love it. If everyone's okay with that. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Hey, I was going to say, since we have a couple of people missing too, it's probably easier to just do one large group. Yeah. And we were going to have staff participate in this as well, um, just so the two commissioners can get to know staff as well. Right. Um, who wants to go first? No one's wanting to go. I'll go first. <laughs> uh, just double checking. Are you asking the new members to go first or uh, anyone to go first? Oh, man. You want to put them on the spot, Jory. Oh, <laughs> that means you're going first, Jory. Oh, my yeah. Uh, so I've been fortunate enough to be a Kirkland resident since I was born in Evergreen Hospital. Uh, I, I just had my birthday on Saturday, so that was 32 years ago. And then I joined the commission in 2020. Uh, and probably miss, oh, why did I join? Um, I had a lot of friends that were struggling, and I didn't know how to help them out. And I mean, I think we all have our struggles. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I was just talking about my friend struggling. It's a joyful, happy birthday wishes. Um, I, I just genuinely wanted to help others and learn about how to better do that and teaming up with amazing people doing that. Um, how do you spend your time outside of the commission? I coach. I am a student at Bellevue College and WSU right now. My goal is to get into med school. We'll, we'll see how that goes, but that's something I've been working on. And uh, highlight something you are looking forward to this year. I would say um, any, any moment I could spend with my niece, who is uh, going to be two this year, is always... Uh, pretty fun she's pretty goofy and i'd count that above everything um anything else that i want to share uh yeah i just got to reiterate reiterate what jonathan said what gillis said and what we're all saying uh michelle and uh all of us are just happy to have you join us uh Melantha and chloe and um i really appreciate you being here so thank you awesome thank you for sharing jory all right, do I have a volunteer to go next? Can I add an additional prompt? Sorry. Can we include pronouns as well as part of introductions? Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, do I have a volunteer? 
Okay, I, I will go next. Um, so my name is Gildas. Uh, he, him. Michelle is raising her hand. Oh, Michelle, I didn't even raise. Okay, Michelle, go for it. That's fine, <laughs> yeah, any order. So first of all, is it today your birthday, Jory? No, it was Saturday. Ah, but well, happy belated birthday. Uh, I didn't quite catch that in your talk. That's great. Hope you had a nice time. Thank you. Yeah. So I uh, joined the commission because I was doing uh, college advising for students, high school students, and um, also being a mom myself, uh, been was very concerned about the uh, challenges that youth are facing today. So that was really what prompted me. And then of course the pandemic happened, which made that emphasize that even more. So that was really the reason I joined. And then actually, as I've been part of the commission, I realized that my family background really influences my perspective too, because my father was the uh, immigrant situation who arrived with like a hundred dollars to his name. And, you know, we had to try to build a life here with starting with nothing. And so, um, so I've been able to see what impacted his life and what impacted our ability to build a, a good life here. And, and frankly, that's also really colored my perspective quite a bit. Um, outside of the commission, I like to hike and be outdoors, but uh, for, for pleasure. And now I've, I've left college planning after like 14 years and that to do something different. And I'm working for Zero Waste Washington, trying to save the environment. And that's, that's I think, everything. Great. Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing. Pronouns. Ah. Pronouns. She, her. Okay. All right. I can go next. Um, who wants to? I, I, sorry, I didn't catch that. I, I can go next. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, excited to be here. Um, my name is Melantha Jenkins. I too, like Jory, was born at Evergreen Hospital um, 34 years ago. And I haven't lived in Kirkland my entire life. I um, traveled a few different places when I was younger. My dad used to play professional football. So I lived in Atlanta for a little bit. I lived in Detroit for a little bit, but we all settled here in the east side. Majority has been my home. Um, I've lived in different parts of the east side, but as an adult, I have settled in Kirkland and always have lived in Kirkland. Um, and I just, yeah, I think it's a great place to raise children. It's a very peaceful place, um, a very beautiful place, and it has a lot to give. Um, so that is how long I've lived in Kirkland. Um, pretty much all my life. When I moved back from Howard University in 2017, I've been here consistently. Um, I just recently joined the commission, I officially a few days, and today is my first meeting. So that's very exciting. Um, why this role? It's a very interesting question. Um, so I happened to hear about this role while coaching with Jury at Bellevue High School. We were just at practice and Jory likes to ask a lot of questions about, well, how are you and what's going on and how do you feel about this? And over our conversation and me telling him about, well, he knew I was the student body president at Bellevue College, but over just having the opportunity to talk and him hearing my passion, he was like, you know, Melissa, I think that, I think that you should look into this opportunity. And 
I did, and I wrote a letter of interest. And even while I was writing my letter of interest, there was more passion coming about about what I wanted to do and things that come up in Kirkland. Um, being a person of color growing up on the east side and having children who are now in middle school and the son getting ready to go to Lakeview Elementary. Um, there's still some things that come up that actually were resonated with me when I was a child. So having the opportunity to be somewhere where you can actually not just experience these issues, but bring those issues to the table to a place where there might be something that can be done. Um, a lot of different organizations that I talk to, I've been asking, what are some issues? What are other things? And just really keeping my, my ear to the ground. And now that uh, I'm here, I'm really excited to bring those ideas and everything forward. Sorry, that was a really long answer. Um, but that's why I'm here. I'm just here to get involved in my city's local government any way that I can. Um, whatever, the sky, whatever the opportunity is, I'm here for it. What am I looking forward to do? Or what do I do outside of my role? Well, I have twin daughters that are 12, um, first year in middle school. So that is a situation within itself. And <laughs> I also have um, a son that's four and a half and a son that's one and a half with back-to-back -back oh birthdays. So they keep me busy. Um, we also have some pets, you know, so I'm a pet lover. I am a nature enthusiast, um, but I'm also very much an athlete. So I'm a trainer. I train kids as young as four years old all the way through college. Um, I previously was a head track coach and cross country coach at Bellevue High School. I decided it's time for me to step away from that position because I feel like I kind of need to do some things elsewhere right now. And my family needs me. So I, um, yeah, that is kind of what I do outside of my commissioner role right now. What am I looking forward to do? Well, I'm really looking forward to really diving in and learning a lot about the commission, um, reading the packet and everything that's going on, just preparing for today's meeting. It was really, really intriguing. Um, so I'm really excited if that's the start of where this is gonna go and just really excited to be a part um, of everything and just really learn this year. Um, learn, learn, learn and get involved. And what else do I want to share? Um, I guess an interesting fact about me is that I also like reptiles. I have a ball python named Harmony. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah. pronouns. I don't think we've, we've heard pronouns. Did we hear pronouns? She, her, hers. All right, thank you. Welcome. Welcome. You. Yeah, we're so happy you're here. Yes. Thank you. Right, do I have a volunteer? from the staff. <laughs> Don't all jump at once. Okay, yeah. I will go. <laughs> Even though everyone knows me here. So um, the first question is not applicable. So my pronouns are she, her, um, but I am not a Kirkland resident. So currently live in Seattle. And often when folks ask, well, why don't you live in Kirkland? I said, well, if you want to talk about housing affordability, we can talk about why many employees don't live in Kirkland. So, um, but love being able to transition into this role. Um, I've been in this position for almost a year, actually, um, which is shocking. And wow, time flies. But joined the city um, 
about two and a half years ago um, as a coordinator. I came from the nonprofit sector, um, did a lot of work in shelters and affordability, affordability, so affordable housing here on the east side, and was really drawn to the values that Kirkland has um, and the resources that are available to really be able to redistribute back and be able to support different needs in the community. So I really enjoy being able to staff and support this group. Um, it brings me a lot of joy. And I think coming out of a really challenging grant making year, I'm excited to be able to focus on the education piece and work with the commission to bring in different folks and different um, people with expertise that we can help build what the priorities are for the next grant funding cycle, which gives me a little bit of like, oh my gosh, we're already thinking about that, but that two-year cycle is quick. So really looking forward to hearing from you all to help guide and finalize what the work plan looks like for 2023. So then we can figure out if we want to do site visits and which organizations y'all want to learn more about. So really interested in kind of digging into that, which will be later on in the meeting. Outside of my role, um, like Melantha, nature enthusiast. So I love to be outside. Um, in the winter, I am skiing as much as I can. And then during the summer, hiking. I recently got into mountain biking, which I still question if that was a good life choice, but here we are. Um, it's fun. Um, I have a dog, as several folks know. So she just turned a year old. Her name's Tasman. Um, and she is just an utter delight and brings me a lot of joy um, and is an excellent de-stressor, I've learned, just by nature of being a dog. Um, I do not own any snakes, so that'll be my fun fact. I'm terrified of snakes. So when Melantha said that, I literally was like, wow, what a like intense animal to have. And I love that you love reptiles. So maybe we, I, I would be happy with like meeting it over the screen. So um, I'll stop there and pass it off to someone else. All right. Anyone else wants to volunteer next? I want to hear from Chloe. Sure. Uh, yeah, I can go next. Um, hi, I'm Chloe. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I actually just moved here like two, one, one and a half, two years ago in like 2021. Um, very, very happy to be here. We, we lived in um, Capitol Hill, Seattle, so it was a little messy. Um, and here is very different. Um, and I joined the commission or city role. It kind of started in, um, I think, like in, in September where uh, my school, we, we had like a field trip to um, like a council members meeting. And um, it was just really interesting to hear about like that process. And um, I'm also involved in like some like nonprofits where, um, you know, they talk about like grants and fundings and all the uh, all the time. And um, just, you know, with my family's background, um, we've we've definitely like benefited from a lot of like um, human services when we just moved here. Um, so, yeah, it, it was 
I just kind of wanted to be involved and there was a lot of um I thought it would just be kind of a great opportunity to learn about like um other organizations that I might not have like heard about and their role in the community as well as um like just maybe having like some sort of uh, knowledge or voice about like the communities I am involved in like um, arts accessibility and also when I was like reading about like um, reading the meeting packet like the city or sorry the boys and girls club and you know I've just been involved in those like organizations before so it's really cool to see something familiar um, outside of the commission and city role um, also love winter sports like snowboarding, um, going to Snoqualmie with my family, um, and just having fun. Um, in the recently joined the sailing club at my school, so that has been really uh, interesting. Lots of bruises, but um, it's it's a it's a journey, um, and also just discussing um, like philosophy and history with my friends and just giving them scenarios that that's been really fun um and commission highlights something that I've been looking forward to this year um just kind of I know that this year has a lot of like stuff where you get to learn about um you know just just now like Jen mentioned like site visits and you know, learning about a lot of different, maybe like nonprofits and organizations, that's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, just really happy to be here and very thankful for this opportunity. Great, thank you so, so much for sharing, Chloe. All right, who wants to share next? Okay, I guess I can go. So my name is Gildas, he, him, pronouns. I've been a Kirkland resident for about 12 years. Um, I'm an immigrant. Um, I moved here when I was in fifth grade. I went to Moreland um, Elementary. For those uh, of you that are from around this area, that's up in Kenmore, Bothell area. Uh, and then uh, I did, I did, a um, I went to the U, UW, and then, and then after that, um, like I, um, and then I bought a place here in Kirkland and I've been here ever since. So it's been about 12 years or so. Um, why did I join the commissioner uh, role? Um, actually, it was just an opportunity that I never knew about and someone told about me. It was, um, it was a um, friend of a friend. Um, and because of the work that I do, uh, volunteering work that I do outside uh, of this commission and my kind of daytime job that I'm very involved in, um, a community health center here in Seattle called the International Community Health Services. Um, so, so it was just like a uh, interesting, um, interesting path that that I came to really enjoy getting to know every single commissioners and staff who really cares about you know all different kinds of uh, aspect of keeping you know the city and its citizens um, and visitors healthy. Um, and 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 well-being. So uh, and it's more than just healthcare. So I just really like to learn, and I learned a lot from each of you uh, throughout the years. So how do I spend my time outside of commissions? Uh, spoke a little about it, uh, volunteering uh, at at a at a uh, community health clinic, but I also enjoy playing soccer. Uh, not much of an athlete myself um, because I was very um, 
uh, I was all about books, you know, until until my early 30s. So I have no physical abilities at all until really started to care about it in my early 30s. Uh, and then I love to cook. I love to host folks, uh, friends, family, uh, and my place to host. Uh, I like um, to eat, you know, uh, eat as a, as a big group. Um, something that I'm really looking forward to this year is welcoming the two newest members. Uh, and also, this is a, this is a non-application year for us, which is uh, a wonderful time to learn about each of our you know, lived experiences and expertise and really go learn as a group on an area that we may not be as familiar with, with or learn from each other because that's gonna play into the application year next year. Um, so if, are there anything else I wanna share? Well, Melissa, like if I have a feeling that you and I are gonna talk because I'm gonna seriously need some tips on how to run better because I suck at running. And apparently in soccer, which I love to play, you need to run, running is a thing. So yeah, I'm gonna be, you know, messaging you on that. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, next. I think... How about someone from the staff? I'll go since I've caught up on my minute taking. Um, <laughs> hi, everybody. Um, I'm Reggie Shiviger, uh, she, her pronouns. I'm the youth services coordinator for the city. Um, I am a Kirkland resident. I've been a Kirkland resident for 20, 23 years, I think. Um, and I've been with the city for, this is my 26th. I'm working on my 27th year um, at the city. Let's see. And, oh, it, that's too long ago to remember why I joined the city. <laughs> um, so, um, but mostly it's because I have a lifelong passion. And I think it's the calling um, for working with teens. They they keep me young. Um, it's very rewarding work. Uh, and, I, and I think they like me pretty much. I mean, I don't... I, I'd like to think that way. They think I'm pretty cool. Um, let's see. How do I spend my time um, outside of my city role? Just like we've heard previous people, I like to spend time outside. So similar to, to Jen, I ski in the winter time, or I try to. It's kind of challenging with um, responsibilities and all that kind of stuff. But that's something I like to do. And then in the summer, I like to hike. I've also done some triathlons in the past as well. I also have a, um, like Melinda, I have a background in running. I ran cross country and track in college. Um, and I actually did some co high school coaching um, in between graduating college and going to graduate school at my alma, alma mater. Um, let's see, what am I looking forward to? Um, getting to know everybody uh, outside of having our heads buried in uh, reading applications. And I think Gilda said just learning more about our personal stories and experiences. I'm looking forward to that. Um, anything else I want to share? Uh, well, I have to say, of course, because I'm a mom. I am a proud mother of a, I can't believe I'm saying this, 22-year-old now. Um, and um, yeah, and I have two cats that I, one of them I adore. Um, more than anything. So um, yeah, that's me. Great. Thank you, Reggie. Right. Jonathan, you want to go next? Sure. I'll go next. Um, well, it's great to meet you, Melantha and Chloe. Um, really great to have you here, actually. I'm really thrilled. Um, 
I've been a Kirkland resident uh, since 2014, but I've been living on the east side since I was 10, and I'll let you do your own math uh, or try and figure it out, um, but it's been a long time between Bellevue and Mercer Island. Um, I joined the commission, um, you know, originally, there's a whole lot of other, you know, background reasons, but um, I went through uh, what is used to be called Advanced Bellevue, and now it's Leadership East Side, which is a community leadership training program. And I, uh, uh, when you go through that program, it's a one-year-long program to, to find out what kind of where and how you want to get involved in the community and learning all about the community. And the human services work in Bellevue at the time where I was living really struck a chord with me that I felt like this was an area that really tied into my passions for, um, for civil rights and, and human rights and diversity and inclusion. And so I got involved back in the day at the city of Bellevue was on their human services commission. And then when we moved to Kirkland years later and the kids were grown and out, I had more time to commit. And, um, and so that's how I got involved with Kirkland. And I actually applied for the parks board because I'm a runner and I'm in the parks all the time. And uh, they said, no, 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 we need to go over here. So they, um, they declined me actually from the parks board and then came back and said, we'd like you to apply for this brand new commission we were starting. And that was almost six years ago. And, and they were right. I have a lot of passion around this space. So that's that. Um, and so um, how long have you been on the commission? I've been on the commission for six years, which I just answered uh, and uh, love it. I really look forward to it. It's a high priority for me every month. Uh, and, uh, you know, just fabulous people, really interesting work. And you really learn about how the city works and how the, how the community supports um, at-risk populations. So um, super, super interesting. And, and I can't tell you how um, the staff is just like top notch. Um, we just really are very, very fortunate to have the team that uh, Jen and Annie and, and Reggie and Amanda have together. It's really special. Um, so uh, how do I spend my time outside the commission? Well, I kind of soft retired about two years ago from tech. And uh, so I opened a small training and consulting practice uh, doing DEI work and uh, just working with a small, a couple of small clients. I'm doing a lot of writing right now as well, and uh, more on that later. And then, uh, and then I'm an um, avid runner. I run about uh, 20 to 30 miles a week, and uh, and I recently got into pickleball. So I'm playing a lot of pickleball at least a couple times a week because um, I'm fortunate enough to be down in Southern California uh, during the winter part of that soft retirement. And uh, so uh, that's where I am now. And, and it's sunny and, you know, 65, 70 degrees. So I can play pickleball. That's um, yeah, pretty, pretty grateful for that. Um, and what else? Oh, what am I looking forward to? I am so looking forward to, and I'm surprised I'm the first one to say this, to meet in person starting this spring. So I can't wait. In fact, we were just talking at dinner while I was eating my lentil soup, we were talking about, um, that in six years, more than half that time, we have not been in person. The first three years we were in person for commission meetings in the council chambers. Since then, we haven't been. So, um, you know, Gildas remembers back those days, right? So uh, anyway, so everything's changed since then. And I'm really excited to that, for that. And happy birthday, Jory. My pronouns are he, him, his. And that's it for me. I'll pass it to, um, should I pass it to somebody? Pass it to Annie. Uh, Annie. Or yep. Amanda. We'll go to the A's. I'll go ahead and do it. I'm off mute. Um, hi, Melita. Um, hi, Chloe. So good to meet you and have you here on the commission with us. Uh, I'm Amanda Judd. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm the human services uh, coordinator for uh, community well-being, focuses primarily on behavioral health, food insecurity, um, 
I am actually pretty new in my role. I just celebrated my six month anniversary. Um, the reason why I, I wanted this position um, is it was just a perfect blend of um, my professional experience and the things that I'm really passionate about. So I had about 20 years of nonprofit human services work, primarily in behavioral health, um, case management, um, bridging out of poverty. Um, and I am a Kirkland resident. I've lived here since about 2010, originally from Northeastern Oklahoma. So I love my community. I'm very involved in my community. And so when I saw this position, it was just um, my dream job to be able to um, blend my passion for um, um, empowering folks um, along with um, my care for my neighbors and my community. Um, so I love it. It is my dream job. Um, let's see. Uh, what I'm looking forward to the most this year. So there's a lot of things um, kind of coming down the pike for human services that I think are going to be really great opportunities for Kirkland. And I'm really excited. I know it's going to be a lot of work for those people that are involved, um, but the the health through housing, the permanent supportive housing that's coming online. Um, we're getting an outreach homeless coordinator, which is really exciting. Um, and then also the uh, the behavioral health, the regional crisis response um, agency that's coming online in North, um, the, our partnership with other cities that have more kind of behavioral health response is going to be a game changer um, for not just folks in our um, community in Kirkland, but also our uh, local partners. Um, so I'm excited to see all of those things um, kind of roll out in the next year. Um, what I spend my time on outside, I kind of mentioned it, I'm really involved um, in community work. So anything that builds a community, builds a sense of belonging and connection, um, I'm a joiner, so I, I like to um, be involved in, in those types of things like Eastside Pride, um, as well as neighborhood associations. And um, I was on the park board. I had to resign my position once I uh, uh, got hired for the city. Um, so yeah, I like to spend my time spending time with my neighbors and kind of building a sense of community. And I think I hit all of the boxes. So yeah, I think, Annie, you're next. Hi, Melantha and Chloe. It's good to meet you both. Excited for you to be here. Uh, so I'm Antoinette Annie Smith, she, Aya pronouns. Um, I am also, human services coordinator, the focus of my position is equity, which is kind of broad, right? <laughs> so I kind of touch on a lot of different areas. Um, I should bring up those questions, sorry. <sighs> Where did they go? Um, so I am not a Kirkland resident. I'm Kirkland adjacent. Um, I've been in Redmond for, since 2006. Um, I come from the Yakima Valley, little town called Sunnyside. Um, grew up there in a family of farm workers. 
we picked fruit, um, we worked in warehouses. Um, I'm Chicana, um, I'm a mom, I have four adult children ranging in ages from 21 to soon to be 26, uh, and a new son-in-law, my, my oldest just got married. Um, so yeah, so I have really um, planted roots here on the east side, um, lived in Seattle proper for over a decade. Um, so I've been on this side of the mountains for longer than I was on the other side at this point. Um, so I came to my city role. I, I transitioned from uh, a nursing career as a registered nurse. My last gig was in uh, hospice. I worked in Snohomish County out in kind of the, the most rural areas out in uh, Granite Falls, Snohomish, Lake Stevens, anywhere no one else wanted to go. That's where they would send me, which was really challenging. Um, as, a, as a brown woman working in Snohomish County, it was, was uh, an interesting, not always uh, great experience. So um, transitioned after that from a lot of uh, fatigue and kind of low level grief of, of that work, just it happens, not a lot of support. Um, so took some time off. I was very lucky, very privileged to be able to take um, five years off. First year was to figure out what I was going to do, landed me over in uh, um, the Redmond Human Services Commission. So I do what you all do but in Redmond, and I was doing that since for about six years, over six years now, going on seven. So that kind of led me into other work that I was doing, volunteer work with Friends of Youth. Um, I worked for the community court as a navigator, volunteer navigator, went back to school, um, started at Bellevue College um, at the ripe old age of 40 something. <laughs> Um, started there, uh, applied to UW Bothell, went to UW Bothell and um, uh, earned my degree in um, uh, bachelor's in human services with minors in gender, women and sexuality studies. And uh, also, um, I can't remember now, another minor, um, did lots of work, did all the things there, published author, you didn't know that, I was a published author in our campus journal. Um, yeah, and did a lot of work there, Husky 100. Then I uh, decided to apply to UW uh, School of Social Work. And I now have my master's in social work and I graduated 2021 and was looking for a job that kind of brought all of those things together, all of those life experiences. Um, and this came up and I was just really lucky. Jen and I started probably a couple of months I finished up my last quarter of school and I was working at City of Kirkland um, at the same time. So I've been here for about, I think you overestimated. I think we're coming on two years. It feels a lot longer than that. Honestly, like you're here to check me. I'm like, how long have we been here? I'm like, Jen, what is time? <laughs> you're, you're like <laughs> bulking that up a little bit. Um, yeah, so that's how I'm here. Let's see, what do I do outside? Well, I'm a human services commissioner uh, in Redmond. I am an empty nester. My husband and I are um, would like to do more traveling right now. You know, since the pandemic, it's been pretty localized. Um, but we have a trip planned for October to the House of Mouse. I'm going to go to Disneyland in October, so I'm super excited about that. 
Um, this coming year, I'm looking forward to one of the big things I'm looking forward to, um, other than, you know, kind of talking more about what happens after the grant reviews, what happens after the recommendations, what is the contracting part of it look like and beyond. I don't, from my experience working in, in Redmond, I don't know that we talk a lot about that. So like it just ends, right? And then we take a breather and then we start all over again. So hopefully getting more of that information out. Um, and we also just recently with the budget approval um, received 80,000 total, 40,000 for 23 and 40,000 for 2024 for the Kirkland Health and Wellness Fair that we started, a uh, little ragtag team of folks started in uh, 2021. Is it that long ago? Yeah. And then contracted out to the King County Promotors Network uh, to organize that this last year. So here's of that coming on, looking forward to doing work on that. Um, it was a huge win, um, I think, on our for everybody, for the community. Um, and yeah, and that's it. That's me. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for sharing. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I think we have some of these sessions, you know, a while back, get to know each other. So it's always good to kind of refresh the memories. All right. Uh, next, we are, or I'm going to hand it over to Jen to guide us through an overview of the commissioner's role as a refresher. Uh, and not only this will be helpful for, for Manetha and Chloe, but also a refresher for us, i.e. Jonathan and I, us uh, oldies on the commission. So Jen, take it away. Yeah, so just some additional context here. When we had met um, in person in the fall of last year, one of the things that had been uplifted is with COVID and the pandemic, many commissioners have transitioned on kind of during this weird funky time where there hasn't been a lot of coming together and the city um, staff really had to pivot around how we're onboarding commissioners. So it was shared when we met back in the fall that one of the things as part of education and training is making sure that everyone's operating with the same lens of what the Human Services Commission is, background, your function, how it works within the larger context and picture of the city as a whole. And so we've put together some slides, there's about 18 slides um, to kind of go through that. So it's helpful for our new folks that are here, but I think for some folks that are in the middle of terms, even our old timers, hopefully there's something that you'll learn. So um, we will have time to do questions at the end. So I have a hard time seeing hands and things. So um, We'll do questions at the end, so feel free to put stuff in the chat as we go, and I can circle back to it. I'm going to share my screen. That's well, not the right screen, is it? What screen can you see right now? We can see the PowerPoint, but in a non-presentation. Okay, you can see the PowerPoint. Yeah, perfect. Okay, perfect. All right. 
So here are the different areas that we're going to walk through tonight as part of what is the commissioner's role for the Human Services Commission. So we're going to talk about the relationship between parks and community services, which is where human services is housed underneath. So parks and community services is one of several departments here at the city. We're also going to look at the mission statement of the commission, the municipal code, which um, essentially legitimizes this group in acting as an advisory body to the council. We'll also go over the job description and the different obligations that are asked of the human services commissioners. And then we'll talk a little bit about what is this role and what is it not? So, and I think that's where there's an opportunity to ask questions about different areas and opportunities for engagement. Um, and then where there's kind of limitations around the extent of the role of the commission. We'll also briefly touch on meeting structure, agendas, and facilitation. There is a very, very lengthy presentation on what is called the Robert Rules of Order. I am by no means the expert in that. If anyone's expert in this space, it is most likely Amanda, who was Park Board Chair, Gildas, and Jonathan, um, and his role as previous chair of the commission. So we are setting up a formal training to go through a very in-depth um, presentation on that um, with some of our admin folks here in the PCS department. So we aren't going to go too in the weeds, um, but we'll briefly touch on it. And then finally, we'll talk about how this position um, specifically interfaces with council as well as PCS staff and other functions within the city. So what is the relationship between the commission and the parks and community services department? So one of the most important things, and I think it's important to kind of build off of the introductions that we all just did, is we need you. We need you to bring your expertise, your perspective, and your experience to the table. Our staff is mighty. We have a lot of personal experience and education, but we really want to have a well-rounded body that's helping guide and inform the city as a larger entity around what needs we're seeing in the community. So as staff, we can sit at different tables, we can connect with organizations, but through the various formal and informal um, functions that each of you have as Kirkland residents, we really value that expertise and it really strengthens the city's ability to respond to the needs in the community. So not only are you a sounding board, you can also be an advocate. So as things come up or there's something you want to be in support of and bring that um, to council at the forefront, that's a, you know, we'll explore that in a little bit. But there's lots of different opportunities to provide input as well as influence the city's response in meeting different needs in the community. So a huge part of staff's role in supporting the commission here is helping you be successful as individuals as well as an advisory body to the, to the council. So this year is a perfect example of how we're going to do that, being able to work with the commission to identify what areas of focus you really want to drill down on and how we can work with different um, entities in the community and individuals to bring that information to you, as well as empowering each of you to bring information as well to the larger body. So this is the mission statement of the commission. So I'm not going to read it verbatim because I'm sure you all can read it on your own. But 
the commission is really acting as this advisory body and function to support the human services division, parks and community services, our city manager and city council, again, and really positioning the city to be as best as we can responsive to the changing needs of the community. We've seen that most notably the last couple of years in regards to the agility and flexibility and being able to distribute additional funds into the community as part of the city's pandemic response. So what are the duties and powers? So this is something that's outlined um, in the municipal code, which is on the next slide, but these are kind of at a high level, the different areas that the commission embodies and works on on an annual basis. So there is an annual work plan. That's something that is a requirement of each of our boards and commissions. So that work plan is directed by the city's work plan and city council, and that filters all the way down to the commission where we will finalize a work plan that will be approved by city council and we will use that document to guide how you approach your work for the next two years. You also can serve as an advisory group um, to city council around human services policies as needed. So if council says, we're not really sure, we wanna potentially look at changes, um, what do you think as a group? So an example of this would be the comprehensive plan, which is something that our planning team has kicked off. There's a human services element that's built into the comprehensive plan. So as we go through updates, the human services committee Mission is selected as a key stakeholder that would provide feedback and input on proposed changes. There's also opportunity um, for this commission to invite members of the public to be active participants. So one of the ways we see this is how we opened up for public comment earlier in the meeting. Um, these meetings are public, so anyone who's interested can attend as, an, as a participant and be able to follow the conversation and engage in public comment if they so wish. We also record. So if members are not able to make it, um, we can always send the recording to someone or they can access it on the website. And then one of your primary roles is to review grant applications for funding. So we receive applications. Um, we work in partnership with 16 other cities here on the east side. And this body um, goes through every single application to prepare recommendations for city council as part of the budget process. So that is the most significant and time and time intensive function that this body does. So this is an off year. Um, so we'll only get to see each other once a month, um, but I think it'll be a nice break considering I think we met 17 times last year. So, so some additional duties and powers that the group is responsible for um, is to develop additional recommendations if there is one-time funding or additional resources. So again, when we think to how the city um, was able to respond to the pandemic, we received a lot of one-time funding um, through the federal government as well as through the county and the state. And this body was able to provide recommendations on how to best allocate those dollars as part of one-time funding to support agencies in addressing different emerging needs in the community. The other area that um, this group does work on is alongside the other commissions. So 
Um, I would say the most common opportunity that that happens is normally ahead of reviewing the grant application. So there's often joint trainings that this body as well as other commissions here on the east side participate in um, to really help shape how each of the commissions are looking at grant applications and making sure that and if as an east side and as a collective we're participating in regional work and being able to further equity efforts, making sure that we're ensuring access to funding for organizations of all sizes um, that are interested in receiving public dollars. Let's see what else is here. So Amanda had mentioned um, some really exciting opportunities that are coming up. So La Quinta with the Health Through Housing Initiative, as well as the Regional Crisis Clinic. Both of those um, are potential opportunities where the commission could weigh in and be supportive of council's decision to pursue both of those initiatives. So those are two examples that um, the commission might be able to provide additional input and support this year. Um, one of the ways that I think we see that most common with this group is to prepare a letter that's from the commission to city council. Um, the commissioners can share some specific examples um, in different areas that they've been able to provide that support over the years, but that's where one of the most common forms that we see that. Um, we kind of touched on the city actions around availability of human services. And then additional advisory functions, which is fairly vague, but if council again has a topic that comes up, they can direct it to this body to ask a recommendation or input as needed in order to again, make sure that they are looking and tapping into different resources and advisory bodies in the community before making a decision or giving direction. So the municipal code, which you'll often see show up as KMC, um, there's a lot of shortened language in this PowerPoint. So if I skip over something I don't explain, please ask or pop off mute and interrupt me. But the municipal code is really what formalized the commission. So the Human Services Commission is a fairly newer commission to the city. So it was established, as Jonathan mentioned, um, I believe in 2017. And the municipal code really allows for and authorizes this body to function within our government structure. Um, so this is the formality side, but it's a really important side that a lot of work went into making sure that we were able to have this level of input in making decisions around human services needs, recognizing that the need continues to grow in the community. Job description. So I don't know if any of you have seen the formal job description, but it does exist for commissioners. Um, and it really outlines kind of what the activities and deliverables are in participating and serving on the commission. So each commissioner is a voting member um, and it is as individuals as well as a collective to represent the views and interests of the larger public and community. So of course, um, we can't represent all Kirkland residents, but part of this body is to really be able to amplify and bring as many voices and perspectives to the table in different ways. So public comment, inviting different speakers to come in, as well as, you know, in all the different areas that you're volunteering and working, being able to continue to have those conversations and then bring those back to this larger group. And that really allows us to proactively and reactively address different community needs. 
So digging down into the job description, these are some of the obligations and the specific duties that are outlined in the job description. Before I jump in, I will say you are going to get a copy of this. So um, we are in the process of finalizing the manual for the commission. So we are shifting from what was this like 25 pound binder that was a physical thing that we gave you. We are shifting that to all electronic. Um, it allows staff to keep the material updated and relevant. And it's much easier for you to click on a link than coordinating you coming to City Hall and picking up a 25 pound binder. So all of this will be in that manual and you can take the time to review as well as identify any additional questions. But these were some of the key pieces that popped out to me. So regularly attending meetings as scheduled. So this year, in my opinion, is an easy year because we are only meeting once a month um, compared to meeting three to four times a month. We recognize that there are different things that come up. So if you're not able to attend to let Gildas know, as well as myself, so we can anticipate if we're going to have quorum. We do need quorum in order to make a formal recommendation or a motion. So Tonight, there's no decisions that are being made, so it's not as big of a deal, um, but as we get later into the year and there are specific recommendations or deliverables, it is important to know if you are able to attend. All of you know as part of your onboarding that there is an attendance requirement um, that drills down into very specifics within the manual around excused versus unexcused absences. So, but give or take, we ask that you try to attend at least 80% of meetings. Um, there's also the potential to participate as an ad hoc member on a special committee if appointed. Um, I don't know if anyone that has been on the commission for uh, more than a couple of years has experience in this, but there is the opportunity um, to be able to participate and provide kind of the human services perspective and then participating in different special events or site visits as needed. So Annie had mentioned the health fair earlier. So I know we had several commissioners that attended the health fair this past year um, as participants and supporters and being able to see the work that the city is doing um, while wearing their commissioner and, and or resident hat. We already talked about how this body makes recommendations to city council, as well as engaging and involving the public on different issues and decisions like the grant making. So some of the specific duties there, again, I don't need to go through this list, y'all are able to read, um, but I think one of the most important pieces in this space is making sure that we're respectful, that we um, really support different points of view, and being able to participate in decision making, and even if you're not in agreement with something, if the majority does vote to pass it, um, recognizing that you are acting as a collective. So you can have your individual opinion, but you do have to respect um, the decision that's representative of the commission. So for Melantha and Chloe, we did start working agreements, um, a process for that uh, last year. And so we will most likely bring that back um, soon to revisit as well as bring y'all up to speed to see if there's anything else that we need to um, add to that before kind of moving into the next phase of those agreements. So I've talked a lot about the commission. I've talked a little bit about the department. So what's kind of the big picture here, right? And let's see. Okay, there they are. So big picture. So 
Here at the city, we are a council manager form of government. So Kurt, who is our lovely city manager, is here in the middle of this screen, and he serves as the professional administrator of the city. So responsible for coordinating all the day-to-day -day operations. So everything funnels back up to him. He is really the liaison and technically the primary and main employee of city council. So how all of these entities work together is, let's say council is tasked with additional one-time funding and they say, we want this to go to human services, where should it go? Kurt would take that direction from city council and he would bring it to the commission and say, we'd like to know from your expertise, your experience, where you think this funding should go. As a group, you would be able to come together and based on a priority list as well as support from staff um, and leaning on your knowledge of what's going on in the community would be able to prepare recommendations. Kurt would then work with the staff to develop um, most likely a memo and could include a presentation to then take back to city council and present the commission's recommendations. Council's role is then to consider what is the impact to the whole community based on these recommendations, kind of what are the different impacts this could have, and how does this align with the comprehensive plan which guides our work and guides the commission's work plan, kind of that filter down that we talked about. So that's one example of how kind of all these different entities work together and where the commission fits into how the staff and city council work to make sure that we are in alignment on what the community needs. So how do we work together? Um, kind of building off of, kind of the larger picture and drilling down into kind of individual meetings and how that feeds into this larger picture. Um, so these are some of the questions that we are asked to answer, um, we being the commission and staff supporting you. So on your agenda tonight, there were various business items on there. KTUB is a great example of how is KTUB addressing the community's need? What's the community going to like about the city's proposal versus Boys and Girls Club? What are the different service levels and how do those stack up based on what you know around what the community needs? Um, what questions or concerns could the community have about the current KTUB proposals? What are we potentially missing? What has not been brought up? Um, and what additional information do you have to share on that item? That's a specific example of how we would work together kind of based on a very specific example that was included in your packet for tonight. So some of the things that the commission is not responsible for. So HSC, um, you'll see me do that a lot. Um, that stands for Human Services Commission. It's just much easier to write three letters instead of Human Services Commission. So what are some of the things the commission is not responsible for? So one of the key pieces um, is that the commission is not a work generating body, which really means that um, as a commission, um, the work plan is what guides the commission's work and how the commission is able to position itself to function as an advisory body. What it's not meant to do is essentially to create additional work or additional asks from staff and the council. So um, there is, I think, a pretty... Um, how do I want to say it? There's a pretty clear line. There's definitely areas where 
the commission could say, you know, we really want to know more about this. And so staff are then tasked with being able to bring that to the commission. As long as it's in alignment with how the commission is functioning and operating and being able to respond to the needs of the community, that kind of stuff is totally fine. Um, It would be more like, we need to decide how the city should best respond to homelessness because we don't think the city is doing it correctly. Jen and team, could you come up with a draft proposal of how to do this? Something like that. So it's a little extreme, but there's a bit of a gray line in making sure that um, the commission's work and how staff supports that work is in alignment with the agreed upon um, commission work plan that city council has approved. The commission is also not a governing body, nor is it a check and balance, Um, and we don't necessarily ask members to weigh in on how a nonprofit is operating, if they have a grievance policy, or if there is a complaint from a community member about a nonprofit that we fund, this body is not asked to investigate or to provide technical expertise. That's something that we would work with the nonprofit um, as well as additional external resources to help make sure that those that are receiving funding, um, so specifically nonprofit organizations, um, they're held accountable through their own uh, policies and procedures. Hey, Jen. Yeah. Can I jump in and ask a question? Sure. Thanks. So this one seems really interesting and I'm wondering um, where this all came from, this particular, the content on this slide. Like how did it, because I've never heard this, it's put specifically in this context. So I'm just I'm wanting to understand more about it. Sure. Um, so this was built off of the admin team. So they built kind of a template for the different boards and commissions that the Parks Department supports. So they referenced the municipal code and dug into the job descriptions and the um, municipal code that kind of talks about what the functions of the commission and the boards are and made it clear of what they are and what they are not. Interesting. Cause I would, um, I would push back on this a little bit because I, or not even a little bit, I'd push back on this because I think that, um, you know, our job is to ask really hard questions and, and sometimes that works to be a check and balance and, and especially when we're looking at different agencies or things the city's doing or not doing, um, and to to kind of contribute to and spur that type of debate and dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that I wouldn't want to um, to to have our folks feel that they weren't empowered to uh, initiate creative ideas and and like you know and to. Um, to fill whole, you know, to come up with ideas to fill holes on services or, or opportunities that aren't there. Like we've done some things, like even when we've talked about this in the past, like where there's um, something not being provided, like a community outreach coordinator or somebody working with Eastside Legal Assistance, where we've actually created positions and proposed that and and gotten funding for it. So we've we've done some things that I think would would test this. I'll put it that way. Um, so just for the new commissioners, I want to make sure you know that that um, that we're use the word on the slide, balanced in how we're presenting this particular content. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point about, sorry, I think you bring up a good point about bringing up good ideas and bringing to the forefront maybe something that the city is not thinking about. So 
when we talk about check and balance, that is not what we're implying. So I appreciate um, your comments on that. And I I do want to emphasize that this is a space where if there is a need that is not being identified or you think it's not being prioritized, this is a body that we encourage that. Um, I would say that that's why this body functions. When we say check and balance per se, when council makes a decision, they do not have to run it by this body in order to receive approval before making a decision. So we're talking about truly a formal like check and balances. So this group, as an example, if let's say you prepared grant recommendations and they did not fund all of them, which was not the case this past go around. Um, but let's say they did not. This body could then put together a letter that asks for them to reconsider and talks about the additional level of needs. So um, definitely opportunity to continue to um, be able to elevate what those needs are. Um, but this body doesn't necessarily have like a sign off before council makes a decision or per se the city manager. So but I appreciate that, Jonathan, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so meeting facilitation process. So as I mentioned, um, we do operate under the Robert Rules of Orders, which really governs the process around how meetings are facilitated. Um, for those who maybe have not experienced it, I'm sure you caught on to the formality at the beginning of the meeting. Um, chair, the chair who is Gildas, um, does facilitate the meetings using the agenda um, through the creation with staff support. Um, again, some of the kind of highlights around Robert Rules of Order is without kind of going into the weeds and um, as I mentioned, there will be a fairly intensive training opportunity for those who are interested, but some of the core components are all members have equal standing and with that have one vote. So within kind of the process, um, members are able to share in what's called a joint and collective authority, uh, which can only be exercised when the group is in session. So this is a great example of that. The majority must be allowed to rule. Um, and then some of the additional pieces that are highlighted um, in the training is the chair is a facilitator. That doesn't necessarily mean they're bo the boss, but they are expected to get us through the agenda within a timely manner and make sure that members are showing up respectfully and operating kind of within the processes that have been outlined. So again, within kind of the formal training that will be coming up, we'll go over kind of what meeting management looks like, the role of the members, the different types of meetings that can be hosted, the different discussion rules um, that the commissioners are expected to abide by, voting as well as motions. Um, and that will be coming in the next couple of weeks. So this is part of your required training, which um, all of you have completed. Um, this is done through the city clerk's office, which as you all know, plays a really important role in being able to support the different commissions and boards at the city, as well as helps council with appointments of new commissioners. So I'm not gonna go into this too much because um, all of you have gone through this training, but if any of you want a refresher or have any questions, let us know. And then items of business for agendas. So how do kind of 
items get on here. They don't just magically appear, of course, and Gildas and I are not just throwing things on there because we feel like it. So as we mentioned, um, the Human Service Commission does pass a biannual um, work plan, which is guided by um, kind of at a wider scale what the values of the city are, which is then funneled into the city work program, um, which then gets drilled down into parks and community services and what the staff's work plan is, and then the commission's work plan. So this really allows us to help kind of guide what is to be on the agenda. So for human services specifically, it's around looking at emerging issues and agendas are adjusted based on kind of what's going on at the city right now. So a great example of this is KTUB, which is the Kirkland Teen Union building process. So this is a bit of a one-off item um, that we wouldn't regularly see, but of course we're interested in the commission's um, participation and feedback on where we're at currently in the process. In order to successfully build the agendas, um, PCS leadership, so Parks and Community Services, so Lynn, as well as myself, meet with Gildas and Jory um, to kind of review what's coming up in the next quarter and then agree kind of on what the agenda um, schedule should look like. And as you know, um, the agenda is confirmed and then it gets sent out in the meeting packet ahead of the upcoming meeting. So we've kind of already talked about this, um, but I think some of the different ways that the commission and city council will work together. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about um, that we will talk about as the work plan for this year is an annual joint study session. So it's an opportunity for the commission to sit down with city council and talk about what you're hearing, talk about what you've learned and really start to get an alignment on what your priorities are gonna be ahead of the next funding cycle. So we'll talk a little bit about this um, in a little bit, um, but this is something that we will have on the work plan for this year. And as I mentioned, um, you can take a formal position on something and write a letter to council in support um, or with concerns or against something. All right. That's a good note. So one of the things that um, does come up um, that can be a little bit of a sticky situation um, is remembering that you are acting on behalf of the commission with your commissioner hat on. Um, so if there has been a majority vote on something, you do have to be in alignment with how the commission voted. Um, of course, if there's something that is related to parking or something related to a bike lane, we do continue to support civic engagement. Um, and you can, of course, speak to council as a citizen, making it really clear that you are not speaking on behalf of the commission and your role as a commissioner. Okay, so we're almost done. Hang tight. So kind of to close out um, with the commission and the parks department, kind of how do we work together? How can you stay updated on the happenings of the parks department and stay involved? So again, you'll see all of us at each of the meetings. We're here every month. Um, and you'll kind of see an ebb and flow of different staff being able to present material and collect feedback from the commission. We also, as I mentioned, we do meet with the chair and the vice chair separately to help form the agenda for upcoming meetings. We also have a monthly report um, that the department puts together that includes a section of human services um, that's sent out to you each month as a way of kind of seeing what's been going on and different successes and challenges. 
And then, of course, different updates or inquiries if we receive, you know, an email about, you know, what is the Human Services Commission doing or can I come and present on this, being able to kind of facilitate that and connect community members to the commission. And again, if you ever have a question or a concern about something, you can always reach out to me or anyone on the Human Services team. So just a few friendly reminders, um, please, please, please use your city email account for all communications. So I know this is hard. I know it's hard to check it. Um, and I know there's been some challenges around the forwarding to your personal email. The reason why you, we ask um, you use your city email is everything we do is subject to a public record request. So if you are using your personal email, if we receive a public record request about something, we could potentially have to dig into your email. So we don't wanna to have to do that. So please use your city email. Um, and of building off of kind of what the rules are around email use. So email is really meant as a way of sharing information. It's not intended to be a place for discussion, um, specifically for agenda or business related items. So again, on an email thread, technically there is quorum. So we wanna make sure that if there's conversations or decisions happening, um, that that is in a public space that the community and general public can access. And then finally, um, we do have a landing page that has all of your bios and photos on there, as well as when your terms are slated to end. So um, just a quick reminder for those who have been on the commission, if you want to take a look and if you see any relevant updates or you want to change out your photo, let us know. We're in the process of updating that right now. So this is a good reminder. And with that, I am going to stop screen sharing and see if there's any questions. This is a great refresher. Thank you, Jen. And short too. I like it. I have a few questions that one, just from when I was taking notes. Um, one thing, can I ask the question? Of course. Okay, sorry. Um, one thing that I wanted to just clarify, like if we are like writing a letter and we're aligning with something and it, you said that we can do things as a citizen or as a commissioner. If we're writing those letters, does it go through you? If so it's it, not done as a citizen and we're just writing like, I want to write how I feel about this. It does not need to go through staff if you were writing on behalf of yourself as a resident. If, and if I'm writing as myself as a commissioner. So if the commission wanted to prepare a letter, you do not okay. have to formally run it by staff. I would say we often look at it and provide feedback, but we do not have to see it per se. But you do have to have consensus that the whole commission is in support of writing that letter, or at least majority. And, okay. and, the, reason why, and the reason why as a best practice, we like to run it by staff is because they have the daily interactions with, you know, with the city staff and also certainly more interaction with the council as well. So um, we'll be able to better get feedback in terms of um, what we're trying to propose or to get feedback to the council. All right, awesome. And then another question that I had, and this one is just because I'm curious, did you say that um, sometimes when you're preparing to review grant applications, you work with 16 other cities on the east side? Yes. 
So we um, participate in a joint grant application process with 16 other cities. So if an agency is interested in applying for funding from Bellevue, Redmond, and Kirkland, they would submit one application to be considered for funding from all three cities. But that, that process is not, when we do the review, it's not collective. Each city will review separately. That was my next question. It was like, would this commission meet with the Redmond Commission? And Okay. Um, we do sometimes have joint human service commission meetings with the other cities, uh, but those are more informational and discussion, but not on... Uh, proposing, you know, actual funding decisions or, or even looking at those agencies in, in any depth. Those were all my questions. Thank you. Awesome. Great questions. Any other questions? Okay. Should I move on to my next PowerPoint? Yes, please. <laughs> I, I, I was going to tee it up. Uh, tee it up for me. Tee it yeah. up for me, Gildas. You have a little break, Jen. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um, so um, Jen did talk about um, how do we get to, you know, know what we're going to talk about, you know, every month. It's not that we're winging it. Um, it is a very planful and deliberate uh, action. Um, so that takes place with your input uh, that what you guys what we want to accomplish this year. And then based on those input, then Jen, Lynn, myself, Jory, or chair or vice chair at any year, will come together and kind of organize that uh, into a more, more sequential plan. So um, Jen is going to walk us through uh, what the work plan looks like this year. And again, this is a feedback um, uh, session. So do speak up and we would love to kind of hear everyone's opinion so that we can revise as necessary. So Jen, take it away. Thank you. So just a few slides here before we're really gonna open it up for discussion. So bear with me, it's only four slides. So as Gildas mentioned, we are just here to collect feedback tonight to then come back with a final proposed um, format for the work plan for 2023. So this is the current commission calendar. Um, as we talked about um, at our meetings near the end of 2022, um, we are still going to primarily meet virtually. So we talked about meeting in person once a quarter. So right now, these are the dates that are slated to be in person. Um, we will send this out um, again. So you have it, but you should have received calendar invites for all of these. So with our in-person meetings, we are, as Jonathan mentioned, planning on meeting in council chambers here at City Hall, which is really exciting. And the September meeting is currently slated to be the joint meeting with city council, assuming um, they will have availability, which we're in the process of finalizing right now. So, as we mentioned, um, this is the year of education. So these are the different areas of focus that the group is going to work on this year based on conversations near the end of the year, as well as different opportunities and asks that have come up um, from different teams here at the city around being able to collect feedback from the commission. So we will have an agency performance review. So a summary of how agencies did um, in 2022 as we close out those 21-22 contracts. So that'll be coming next month. 
We also um, will have our set aside recommendations, conversation and decisions around how you want those dollars to be allocated. So for Melantha and Chloe, um, the commission um, asked council to approve set aside funding um, to support Black and African American programs and communities and indigenous programs and communities. So that money has been set aside, but has not been awarded. So this group will need to make a decision on how they want to spend that money. So staff has been working on recommendations to bring to this group on different um, paths that we could go on that. As mentioned, um, the comprehensive plan for 2044 is in full swing. So the planning team will be coming to the commission in the spring to collect feedback on the human services element and any updates that need to be um, incorporated. And then we have our education session. So I'll jump into this in the next slide, but again, different ways that we can bring material to you. We will also have joint meetings. Um, so there has been conversation about doing a joint meeting with city council, as well as with youth council and senior council, um, as well as inviting them to come in and present and talk about what they're working on to further alignment and how we can best work together. There's the option of having additional equity trainings, again, with the other commissions here on the east side. And all of this is going to funnel in beginning the discussion around what you want your funding priorities to be for 25-26. So with um, kind of the education session, um, we've really leaned on Annie's expertise and wisdom in sitting on the commission as well as heard from all of you around different ways that we can introduce these different um, educational components in a way that is not burdensome to agencies and is leveraging work that all of the other commissions here on the east side are doing. So what we'd like to do is um, identify some key topics that the commission is interested in um, and be able to host panels. So invite multiple organizations for one evening and have them talk all about youth behavioral health, for example. We also talked about joint meetings um, with the youth council and the senior council as, what is, as well as city council. Um, if there's other bodies, we can also add those to the table. There's also um, something that was lifted up when we met the end of last year was different offsite visits, tours, and volunteering opportunities. So currently looking at that and kind of keeping our eyes and ears open for different opportunities for folks to engage there. And then community event attendance. So things like supporting a cultural event um, to celebrate welcoming week um, in the fall or potentially attending the health fair um, that Annie had mentioned earlier. And then, as I mentioned, being able to leverage the other East Side Commission meetings that maybe they're, they are going to touch on a topic that we just won't have time to do. So being able to share that resource with you so you can um, kind of collect that material if another commission and body is being able to focus on it. So with that... Um, we're going to open it up for discussion, and this is really building off of what we talked about back in September. So specifically with the panels, I think we're really interested in hearing from you if there's specific topics that you're interested in hearing about. So um, or if there are specific programs or agencies that you want to learn more about that you'd like to invite to the commission. I have I'll go. lost my controls. Sorry. Um, go, ahead. go ahead, Jonathan. So um, 
just this is off the top of my head, but um, I think it'd be really interesting to bring in like the um, the Right to Breathe Committee, um, the Black Lives Matter group, and um, have a discussion with them about how the city can best support the Black community in Kirkland, um, how we would do that, what that looks like, um, exploratory tying into the funding that we have set aside, as well as the, maybe the Duwamish tribe um, and any other uh, indigenous uh, groups that we can identify to come in and have that discussion. Um, I could see maybe doing like an evening where we did like, if it's a two hour meeting, maybe an hour with each, something like that. So that's one idea. Okay. okay. Thank you. Saw, thank you, Jonathan. And I saw Jory, you had your hand raised. Um, just wanted to check in. Oh yeah, so Jonathan, um, he, he, he made- all your ideas. <laughs> He, he had it covered. Uh, I would add that um, my thoughts, I was focused on in, Indigenous people, and my specific goal or hope would be that we we explore with them how we can provide what they feel is authentic and um, like genuine effort to make positive impacts rather than a I think the light acknowledgement had some criticism where it might seem more ceremonial than helpful. Um, I'm not one to speak on that, but I would also like to make the effort to make the best change possible by working with them. Thank you, Jory. Annie? Yeah, I just wanted to share. Um, so I've done a lot of work in the community um, with uh, King County Promotors Network learned so much from their community work and engagement and how they organize. Um, and one of the takeaways from that that I learned early on was a little painful, but it was really important, was um, they, they cautioned me in that often what happens is we, as a city, collectively, go to communities and ask for their knowledge, their expertise, without having a relationship. Relationship is building is very, very important. And though I appreciate those ideas, bringing that up, and that's important, I also would say that that takes time. That takes... Um, intentional effort to get to know folks before we go in with an ask so that we take that burden off of folks to teach us give us the tell us how we're supposed to do it without doing our own research education and inviting people to just get to know each other so i that's all i would ask i i learned that you know, the hard way, I guess, um, and um, was humbled, rightfully so. Um, and, and I think that that's really important. So I only share that with you because I think, um, I hope that will be helpful in, in these conversations and how you approach that um, in the future. Thank you, Andy. I think you, you make a very, very excellent point, especially that, you know, we, we I think we tend to be 
time limited. So like we always go for the ask. Uh, and I think oftentimes the relationship is, is what matters and the trust is what matters. So thank you for sharing that view. Um, other commissioners? I have a <clears throat> comment. Um, just to piggyback exactly off what was just said, I think it'd be nice to develop a relationship with um, the individuals who are kind of running Africa Town in the, in the central district. Um, I had the opportunity um, to work with some individuals and they're really looking to see how do we get more culture here in the city. Um, and they are doing a good job of developing that over there. I have already started building some relationships, but I do think that it'll be great for us to go to some of those places, develop the relationship, and then invite them to come and give us some knowledge too. That's great. Thank you. Um, I have something else. I don't really know how to go about this um, or what organization to specifically go out to. But I know there's individuals who are receiving like housing vouchers. And um, I believe that you're supposed to be able to apply them anywhere or else it's considered income discrepancy. And I know that um, I don't know how we could talk about how to make Kirkland more available to receive those. How can we encourage residents to or private renters to be willing to accept some of those things? Um, so I don't really know where to reach out to that, but I know that that is something that I think that I'd be interested in hearing more about. It, it goes with affordable housing, um, but just how to really get that out here, make it more accessible. Thank you for sharing. Um, to me, something that's fresh um, and uh, fresh and not so, not, not so fresh is, um, is a topic of behavioral health. Um, you know, I know, I know that we, we did talk, uh, much about it and it was a priority for us from a, uh, from a funding standpoint, uh, last year. And I think, um, just, just talking to some of the, some of the, some of the usual work that, that I do, that it's going to be coming, it's kind of exacerbating, um, in the city. And uh, I haven't really checked in with anyone yet in my network around the gun violence, you know, certainly what happened in, in, um, in California this week and how, how that's going to impact some of their, their thinking as well. So, so I think, you know, certainly the behavioral health, potentially gun violence could be, could be something that, um, that we can learn this year um, as well. Michelle. Michelle, I think you had your hands up and then... Sorry, forgot to unmute. <laughs> <laughs> you think using Zoom for this long, for three years during the pandemic, I'd have it down. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I totally agree on the gun violence issue and especially how I believe, am I right now that it is the leading, leading cause of death in children? I believe so. I believe that it's risen to that point. So I believe that that should be given really high uh, priority. And I also think, of course, the, um, the, we, we really prioritized and spent a lot of time talking about mental health, but it would be cool to hear from somebody who uh, specializes in uh, working with teens and children and can talk to us about 
their their needs given these past three years, given how the uh, pandemic has impacted them and uh, and uh, talk about mental health and so forth. Thank you so much, Michelle. Mm -hmm. Can I just add something really quick since it's top of mind? Michelle, I don't know if you're following um, council's legislative priorities, but one of the priorities they identified for the first time for this session is actually gun violence. So um, there's a lot of information right now, but the city has taken a position and included that as part of the legislative priorities. Oh, so I can you, share that information. Thank you for that, Jen. Okay, I didn't realize that. So I'm glad to hear that. That's wonderful. I'm raising my hand again. I'm just doing it with my hand. I'm sorry. Um, I wanted to piggyback off something that Michelle said and everything that you guys are talking about with behavioral health. Something that I realized is that a lot of different communities of color, although we're talking about it's needed, it's needed. There's a lot of hesitation to get involved in it. So I don't, when we're talking, when we bring people out to talk about behavioral health, um, really try to also incorporate crossing that, cultural barrier um, for all cultures. And so whoever we bring out, like make sure that we talk about that and how to encourage all communities to really reach out. I think, I think another topic that's, um, again, like I know, I know, I, I know for me, I can always use a refresher is, is, you know, just the, um, um, homeless, you know, agencies and the work that they do, because I, I do, we do have a lot of agencies out there and just understanding what cross, you know, cross section that they have, but also, you know, their own, you know, specific demographics that they have will be useful and the types of programming that they have and they found successful would be very, very helpful for me. And just one more thing too. <laughs> um, I know that maybe publicly we're not affected by the drug academic as much in the city of Kirkland as some other cities, but I feel like some training about some of the different things and like the new um, Narcan pens that are available. And like, if that's something that our city needs to have available, if we do start to have um, any type of thing. So I don't know, maybe some training about that type of information too. And this is really far off. Um, but I feel like AED training and trying to make that more like AED availability and training more available for our residents, um, just more available just because of the amount of cardiac arrests and stuff that's been going on. Great point. And quickly pipe in on the our Narcan. I just sat through a um, uh, presentation from Youth Eastside Services on Narcan, and um, they, I mean, they literally have the presentation ready to go if we wanted to either um, have that if we wanted to schedule that. They have that. The woman's name was. So I'm going to space on it. Yeah, um, that is okay. that is actually a very um, that topic is is top. For a lot of folks, I actually carry Narcan in my purse. There, you can access that for free um, online, so that you can have it. A lot of places, like libraries, are carrying Narcan, the nasal spray. Um, so, I think you bring up a really good topic. Um, 
Yeah, and there's specific training that goes with it. It's not just sticking it up somebody's nose and spraying. There's you need to be trained on how to use it. You actually do not. There are instructions that come with it. The nasal spray is pretty user friendly. Um, true, true. I'm just saying that the experts who did the training or did the presentation explained that you need to at least be kind of walk through kind of how that works. Yeah, you can probably in a pinch use some written instructions, but it is best to uh, have some guidance if you can get it. Okay. Any other comments? Okay. Well, Jen and team, I think this is a good start. Um, we're gonna come back with the uh, with with another ref of the twenty twenty three plan. So, uh, Jory. Um, I would um, how would Chloe Melantha and and everyone on the commission go about what uh, what is a proper uh, way of going about throwing an idea? like from the session, but you happen to think about it tomorrow or in between the next meeting, uh, would they just send an email to like say Jen and Annie and then just CC the commission or uh, what would be the best practice? You can send it to staff, CC Gildas. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think as, as long as, as I, I think the general rule is as long as there's no decisions made, like you can inform the commission, but just the best practice just email staff um and 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 me that'd be that'd be useful thank you for the list yeah <laughs> okay next we have ktub updates and i hate using acronyms especially with with uh newer newer team members so but i forgot their acronym can can someone kirkland <laughs> Union building, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I'm not that old yet. <laughs> okay. At our December meeting, um, so this commission provided feedback to staff on the service level comparison. Um, um, uh, the staff did a, did a um, service level comparison between the different proposals, uh, specifically on um, w, uh, YMCA, Boys, Boys and Girls Club, and the city, um, the city uh, model. Um, so this, the staff have presented uh, to the council and they are back here with an update. So turning back over to you, Jen. Yes. Um, Reggie has also been really close and supportive of this work. So please jump in if I miss anything, Reggie. Um, this will be quick. So like Gildas mentioned, um, last time we came to the commission, we had touched on the city's proposal, the Boys and Girls Club, and the YMCAs, and we'd receive feedback on the different service levels, and your feedback got filtered into the memo that was shared with council um, in kind of addition to the presentation that staff provided to council at their January 17th meeting. So we did present the top external proposal, which was the Boys and Girls Club. It was selected following an internal staff review panel, as well as feedback from the Human Services Commission, Youth Council, and Park Board. So we presented to the Boys and Girls Club, as well as the cities. In your packet, you did have the full copy of the current proposed model, um, which is the city's alternative to the city choosing to go with an external 
um, provider, which is what the city has chosen to do historically. So there's always been kind of this outside entity that has operated KTAB. So council um, following the presentation was actually very supportive of the alternative model put forward by the city and has asked staff to further explore and refine some of the elements in particular around the budget for the city operating KTUB. So I think given the timing of the budget being passed December 13th and us coming with an ask of about $400,000 in order to um, be able to have the funding to fully operate and activate the space, um, is a big ask. And so council has asked us to look at the budget um, and do some additional estimates around revenue generation, as well as some additional expenses. So um, it's not a done deal. Um, they could still decide that they want to go with the Boys and Girls Club model after looking at the numbers. The other kind of factor that's going on that really isn't touched on a ton in the memo, um, but was addressed in the presentation is, as some of you may know, um, currently we have a committee that is working on a proposed ballot measure for the Parks Department, which would bring a significant amount of funding um, to the department. So one of the options that has been built in that that committee is evaluating is to add operating costs for KTUB. So that committee, which is called PFAC, um, or the Parks Funding Exploratory Committee that Jory is on, um, they are currently looking at adding KTUB operations as part of um, an element of that ballot measure, but that decision won't be made until February. So council is really interested in seeing if that gains enough traction to be on the ballot measure. Of course, the ballot measure would still have to be passed, but it would allow um, the city to receive additional dollars to operate um, within the space. So um, I'm not going to go too far into the weeds. I really want to open it up for questions. Um, and if folks have anything they want to uplift. I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, do they have a number in mind that they're willing to spend? Council. Yes. They do not. Um, I can tell you and kind of what the council discussion was is many of them were very supportive of we kind of recommended the different investments as you saw in the memo. They're mm -hmm. very supportive of the medium level of investment. Some council members said, I think you're kind of underestimating how much revenue you'll bring in. So, you know, if you could put some additional um, numbers in there around sponsorships and kind of staff ability to seek out additional funding to help offset. And then there were some council members that said, you know, we're really interested. And in if this is able to be on the ballot measure, if we can offset some of that cost. So city council does have um, kind of like a special projects budget. So um, what would happen is if they were interested in moving forward with the city's model, um, the June after the budget is passed, they go through a budget adjustment process. So the department would have to go and ask for an adjustment to the budget and council at that point would decide if they want to allocate the dollars to support the city model. So they didn't say no. They said, we're really interested, but we're not entirely sure how we'll pay for it. Um, as one of the commissioners said, 
I walked into this presentation thinking I was going to buy the base model car and you showed me the tricked out version and now I have to buy this one. So they're really interested and supportive of it. Um, but the funding is definitely, um, it, it's a significant ask following recent adoption of a two-year budget. Any other questions for Jen and Tito? I have an additional question. Yep. Um, with the city's budget, from what I was reading, um, it said that there would be multiple community, like youth east side service, and there's one other one that would be providing the mental health um, mm -hmm. services. Does that mean that it wouldn't come out of our budget or that we would still be paying for those services? Because I know that there was a grant that was going to some of the nonprofits for mental health services. So just like the Kirkland Boys and Girls Club could have tapped into some of that money for their grant or tapped into some of that money to lower the cost for Kirkland, would the other services also be able to do that? Great question. Um, slightly complicated answer, so follow me. Okay. Boys and Girls Club, Youth Eastside Services, and For Tomorrow, which is the other organization in the proposal, all three receive funding as part of the 23-24 grant funding process. So mm -hmm. they have those dollars and they're going to provide those services with those dollars. For the Boys and Girls Club, um, for their proposal to operate the space, we did budget um, $160,000 in the 23-24 budget to support KTUB operations. So it only cost the city an additional $15,000 to support Boys and Girls Club operating out of that space. So we subsidize a pretty significant cost. Mm -hmm. The city's takes that $160,000, but because there's several city staff in addition to the For Tomorrow staff, Staff and the Youth Eastside Services staff, it is an additional ask. Okay. But those two organizations would receive additional funding to operate out of the space. Okay. And one other thing, I don't know, you guys might have already touched this in the previous meeting, but did I, from my understanding, did I see that there would only be one full-time mental health service provider um, at the city? If, well, and it seemed like in either one, there would only be one full-time mental health provider. Yeah. So in both the Boys and Girls Club and the cities, it's proposed to have one full-time clinician. So how it would be structured is drop-in um, kind of during those teen, like after school drop-in hours. And then the rest of the time would be able to support those who participated in drop-in to provide them longer-term care. And that recommendation came out of pretty extensive conversations with Youth Eastside Services. Um, and that was their recommendation, um, kind of given the size of the space and what their capacity is right now. Okay. Great. Uh, Jonathan. Um, Hannah, I'm curious, when this was presented to council, was the Boys and Girls Club able to present their information to council? They were not invited to present on their proposal, um, but they were in attendance for the study session. Okay. Um, I was just thinking that um, from a fairness perspective that you've got the city presenting their own and they're presenting yeah. their competitions, which doesn't seem very fair. So uh, did was there any feedback from council that the city presenters had a conflict of interest, that they had a stake in the uh, presentation? 
There actually wasn't any specific feedback to staff during the presentation. The feedback that I have received is that they felt like staff accurately represented the proposal and positioned Boys and Girls Club to be a really strong proposal and touched on a lot of the benefits that it would bring to the city. Great. That's good to hear. And you didn't hear anything back from Boys and Girls Club? We did not. Um, we were happy to see they were in attendance. We invited them to make sure um, they knew it was happening. We shared the packet with them. So, um, yeah, I, I'll tell you that we were very mindful of that, recognizing kind of the power dynamic there. For sure. For sure. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for this really great discussions. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to the last part of our meeting. So any commissioner's reports? I just had another question. Sorry. Um, so, I'm, um, so, you know, we often will review proposals and it's kind of our thing and then make a recommendation to council. And I'm wondering, in this case, we have not made a formal taken a formal vote or made a motion and made a recommendation on which way the council should go. And it seems like a opportunity for us to have uh, some say. So I just wanna throw that out there folks. Um, and we all, I know we're missing a couple people so we can't really vote today or take a vote probably without, you know, we haven't thought about that. But um, anyway, does do folks have thought that they would, we, we would like to do that or we should do that? Just want to ask the question. I would, um, I would say that it's um, it's tough without like MJ here because she brought up a lot of good points about the YMCA, I believe, and um, I don't know if um, if she would be willing to write a letter um, because uh, MJ was mentioning the past events and everything, but I felt that or I thought that we were pretty in support of the YMCA based on what we had heard before. And um, I don't know if that's what you're getting at, but um, that's why I'm interpreting. And Yeah, I, I just remember how we, when we left the last meeting, I was kicking myself because I was thinking, oh man, we should have made a motion with a recommendation at that meeting and, and we didn't. And then I, I did get a note from MJ about the Y as well. So yeah, it did enter my mind. So I'll just add that to the three bodies that we presented to, we asked for feedback on level of service. So if the commission did want to prepare a formal recommendation, um, you're welcome to do that. Um, but the commissions, I think generally, there was a pretty even split on the whys and the cities from what we heard. And that is reflected in the memo proposal to council. So that was incorporated into the final recommendation from staff. Thank you. All right, um, back to commissioner reports. I do have one quick one. Uh, uh, okay, I'll go first and Jory, you can go next. Um, uh, so every year the kind of coalition of community health centers like do go to Olympia to talk to our elected officials or some of our priorities. Um, so while I don't have an update on what the what those priorities are, I will be giving like 
those priorities uh, to you all at next month's um, commissioner report. I think it'll be useful just to understand, you know, what are the needs um, from the health, health center standpoint. Dory. So the Parks Funding Exploratory Committee, uh, the Kirkland Parks Exploratory Committee, also known as PFEC, has been meeting uh, since the fall. And we have, I forgot the top of my head, but I think like four, uh, four or six more meetings. Um, I'll have to double check that. Point being is that we're meeting this Thursday and we're entering the phase where we've gone from more of training from staff, inclu including Kurt and uh, other higher members within the city staff. Um, and they're now giving us the platform to discuss how best to, um, what are the best projects to um, fund? And yeah, um, so Kurt is our manager, um, city manager. So basically, what are projects that we think we should fund? What are projects that we think that will pass in a ballot and how best to uh, raise capital for that and um they could send everyone information about it but if you're curious as well just want to use google uh pfec uh kirkland it, it gives the general gist of what's going on any feedback that you have is greatly appreciated Great. Right, on to staff reports. I have one. Um, as Amanda mentioned, um, we are hiring for our homeless outreach coordinator position. So I just dropped the job description in the chat. This is really exciting um, to be able to address a pretty significant gap that we have and being able to um, connect folks who potentially are interested in resources and building relationships to talk about what a successful transition into housing looks like. So um, for those who don't know, we did have a contract with an agency to provide these services and it was really challenging to keep a staff member in that position. So it kind of defeated the purpose of having the funding for it. So we received support um, through the city manager as well as council to bring this position in-house. So it will be housed under the human services division, which is an expansion of our scope because it is providing direct services into the community, which um, as most of you know, is not something that's currently in our wheelhouse. So we're about to embark on a new adventure, um, but it's also a great opportunity to work with the different departments and divisions that are kind of acting as like de facto responses right now and they're not equipped to do that. Um, and so to be able to have someone with that expertise come in is really exciting. So please share with your networks. Um, we're hoping to bring someone on fairly soon given the need, but we're very excited. Great, thank you so much. Okay, any other reports? I have a super quick one. Um, we're going to be ordering name tags. So those of you who don't already have a name tag, I'm going to be sending out an email tomorrow anyway to everyone um, asking for how you want your name 
to be on the name tag and we'll get those ordered. So just be on the lookout. It's going to go to your city email. So if you don't have your forwarding set, make sure you check for that tomorrow. Great. Thank you, Annie. All right. Um, if there are no other updates or reports or announcements, yes, Jory. So it's um, this is a warning to Belantha and Chloe. I have my uh, email forwarded or the settings for forwarding, but uh, even with that, not all the emails get to me. And it's just more of if you have set up your forwarding for your city email, I would just double check and just to be safe. So you, you get the official badge. <laughs> it does not work. I have been trying it for years. It doesn't work. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just check straight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So I think that's it for today. So I would love to entertain a motion to adjourn. No one wants to leave. So moved. <laughs> I always have to do it. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. Do I hear a second? I second. Thank you, Melantha. All right. All those in favor say aye. 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 Thank you very much. We'll, we'll see you all next month. Have a Thank wonderful you. rest of the night. Thanks. Good night. Okay,